Welcome to episode 34 of Coffee Pods and Wads, sponsored by Born Primitive UK. You can use the code COFFEEPODS10 for money off your basket on their website, bornprimitive.co.uk. Um, there's still a few tank tops left, so get in touch if you want to support the show and look good while you're at it. Um, I have a couple of small t-shirts left as well if you're interested. Um, thank you for listening, for your continued support. Um, it's just great how things are going. I just still can't believe it sometimes. Uh, please continue to like and share everything you can on at Coffee Pods and Wads on Instagram. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show for whatever reason, you can get us on coffeepodsandwads at gmail.com. Today's guest is the second fittest female in the world. Um, so Kristen Holte, um, over Zoom a few weeks ago, a great chat um, in her last seven major competitions. She's never finished outside the top five, so she knows a thing or two about uh, performance. Uh, she's also had some injury setbacks, so she knows a thing or two about adversity and resilience as well. Uh, we recorded this just before CrossFit announced the answer to the game's conundrum, so if we sound like we don't know what we're talking about there, it's because it hadn't been announced yet. Uh, we chatted about her experiences last year and her hopes for this year and beyond. So thanks for listening. Enjoy, listen, share, and tag. Second fittest woman in the world, <laughs> Kristen Holt. Have, yeah. have you gotten used to hearing that yet? Uh, I don't think I'll ever get used to that. Um... I mean, it's it's a fun title to have, um, but we're all we're kind of back to scratch now, and yeah. uh, th- I don't know that that oh, I feel like that only lasts for just a little bit um, when you're like at the games and then right after, and then I still have it on my Instagram, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know if if games don't con- like if they're not able to pull it through this year am i still the second fittest on earth uh we'll yeah, see but it's i mean it's, one, yeah. it's a cool title yeah it's a cool title to have um what's the coffee scene like in norway do you drink a lot of coffee uh i drink uh, my morning coffee um that's like my the best start of the day and i what i look most forward to waking up is my coffee i can sit like 30 minutes to an hour just enjoying my coffee uh, yeah. and just being quiet, thinking, working a little bit. Uh, and then I can start my day for real. Is that your only coffee in the whole day? Yeah, usually. Um, uh, oh, I such, such want one or two cups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I drink that before breakfast. That's like my, the way to start my day. But then I have a Red Bull during the day. So I get some caffeine. Um, yeah from that yeah and what about like you live in oslo isn't it yeah what's the coffee scene like in oslo i'd say it's it's probably expensive is it i think it's oslo seems expensive. to be an expensive city <laughs> yeah um yeah i think all, like all of norway is pretty expensive to travel here and stuff but um yeah coffee I, but i don't like when i travel to america i think it's expensive there too so i don't think it's only norway though but yeah. good coffee is expensive but it's absolutely worth it when yeah. you get that really good coffee yeah true um do you listen to a lot of podcasts uh some um more now after corona came uh, because i'm more at home i'm a little i have more time um and I try to do like read more books and listen to more podcasts instead of just laying in the couch watching TV and Netflix all the time. <laughs> uh, and um, do you, like do you enjoy doing interviews or is it kind of 
you know obviously you're enjoying doing this one but like in general is it yeah yeah is it a, a bit of a chore to do an interview to sit down and do an interview or do you enjoy that part of the job um it depends but mostly i think like it's sometimes it's a hassle just to get started and find the time but once it's started it's fun like it's, yeah. i don't think there's ever maybe just a few times it's been like oh that i didn't really enjoy that at all but mostly it's just it's a good conversation and uh I I enjoy sharing my experiences and talk to to other people around the world. Yeah. Um. Did you watch the fittest? I did. Yes. Oh, what did you think of it? Um. I mean, it's a good story. Um, Were you disappointed not to feature more in it? No, for me, like I know other people are disappointed, but um, I I don't need to be on the screen or out out there i i like that my performance speaks for me for who i am i don't really need to be like that much out there on social media or in interviews or whatever but um what i'm what i'm a little disappointed in is that i feel like there's just there was so much fuss about the cuts that like those who actually finished in the top 10 was they were kind of discredited of their performances. And yeah. I think that's a little unfair. But um, they, they deserve to be there. They performed when they have to, uh, when they had to. And um, and that's why they deserve to be there uh, as the top 10. Yeah, I talked to Carrie Pierce last week and she was saying that um, I'd, I'd actually sp- I put, spoke to Pat Vellner two weeks ago and I talked to Carrie Pierce last week. And he was kind of saying, he kind of, I, he didn't backtrack. He kind of, I suppose he rephrased some of the things he said in a, I suppose, a kinder tone. He kind of regretted, I think, the way he came across. Um, yeah. But he said, like, you know, it was obviously edited. I said other things as well that were cut out because I was the voice of, like, the negativity about it. And then yeah, yeah. he said, like, you know, I, I just needed to work harder. Like, that's all that came out of it is that if if I went back and did it again, I just need to work harder, basically, was the message of what he was saying. And Carrie Pierce was kind of saying the same as you're saying that, like, you know, the top 10 performed when they needed to perform. And she was saying that historically her week, uh, week at the games was a slow start and then a strong finish. And I think Valner's always the same and Fukowski's always the same of a slow start and a strong finish. And the strong finish is enough to get them to where they need to be. Um, But I think I was saying to her that like, it's the top 10 deserve credit for not needing the slow start to get going like that they hit the ground running and were able to maintain that across the week whereas I think because and I know it's a movie and they need to sell it and it needs to be kind of dramatic and it needs to have talking points and like Castro loves stirring shit and like you know kicking up a bit of dust so he was always going to get involved but I think the the top 10 like you guys deserve credit for the second the first buzzer went you performed and you didn't stop performing until the last buzzer went. So I think it did, like you say, there's a danger of the movie, I think kind of detracting and the comments like from, like I was there and I remember seeing messages on social media and comments on social media before, before a workout was even done about how the cuts were such a bad idea and how it's going to ruin the games. And it's like, just give it a chance and see what happens first. And then if on the, whatever 5th of August you want to then turn around and say it was shit fair enough but like people had kind of already given up on it before it even started I think maybe it's because 
of the changes to regionals and stuff, people were angry and people wanted, I suppose, a reason to hold on to that anger. And then when they changed the games as well, it's like, oh, great. Now I have a reason to still be angry, even in July. Um, do you think, was it hard for you guys that were in the top 10 to kind of let that, like, not take away from your own achievements? Uh, no, like, definitely not during the games. Like, when people talk about that and people are not happy and complaining, I'm like, well, good, because I enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's cool with changes. And, like, normally people don't like changes. When things work out well, they don't like to change it. Yeah. And I think that's, like, both spectators and a lot of athletes were like, they've, we've gotten to a place where like we're comfortable with Madison as a new venue and how the format is. And we kind of know what's going to come up. Mm. Um, but now suddenly everything's different and we don't really know what to expect or how to act or how to deal with everything. And I think it's the same kind of for the spectators. They expect one thing and then something completely different happens. And you don't like that if you haven't been prepared for that. Um, but for, I think, for all the athletes that are there, I think their focus is on uh, their own performance and like how to perform uh, our best during the competitions. And I don't listen to uh, what anyone else say or like what the media says during games. It's the only focus for me is to perform my absolute best and then I will get the placement that I deserve in the end. Um, but I mean, after I felt kind of that a lot of people didn't, they said that we didn't deserve to be there. And like, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fair the way everything happened. And yes, they found the fittest on earth, but maybe not number two to 10 was the right person. And that's, that hurts a little bit, to be honest. Like, yeah. I felt that I deserved to be there and I deserved my placement because I performed when I, when I had to. So, uh, but I know it inside myself. Like, this was my best performance ever. And I'm really proud of that, no matter what yeah. anyone else say. You say that, like, you don't listen to kind of people talking and the, like, the media and stuff during the games. But was it hard this year to shut stuff out? Like, say, when you hear that people are getting cut and maybe like, you know, some of the people and like, you're, you know, was there ever a time where you were like, Oh geez, I didn't think they get cut or, you know, is it hard to kind of shut that out or are you able to just put blinkers on and only focus on yourself? Yeah. I mean, there were some surprises during um, the, the competition week, but to me, like the only thing I can, control is my own performance and how I react to the changes everything that happens so I was 100% um, focused on me and what I could do and the next workout and how to perform my absolute best in the next workout and then whoever is going to be there next to me is going to be there I yeah. can't control that so I'm not going to spend any energy on thinking about who those people are or what they can do. I can only do what I can do. And that's my main uh, focus all the time. The sprint must have been a, a personal highlight. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was super fun. Um, 
just just the atmosphere around that event and I've always wanted to be a hundred meter sprinter uh, so that was just like I really felt that I was fast for yeah. once <laughs> it's kind of I remember watching it and it was like in the crowd there was a mixture of like intensity and then kind of confusion you know like when they were kind of totting up the times and stuff was that was it like that down on the field where you kind of waiting and was there kind of because it crossfit events don't tend to have that aspect of like a, a break where people are trying to work out who did what time and moving people around and stuff usually it's like you walk off the floor and you come back on when everything's sorted but you're kind of there's a lot of hanging around was it a weird event in that way yeah, it was a little different. You can feel like a lot of different emotions uh, in the atmosphere, like around with the other athletes. Um, so it was definitely di- a different uh, event. Also, because that was like very important with uh, the cuts from 20 to 10 too. Mm-hmm. So it was a very important event for everyone. And uh, I think that just made it, even more intense Um, and then it was like oh did I make it through the next round or who's gonna make it and which heat am I in it was just a lot of things going on at the same time Um, do you engage in um, sorry do you engage in self-talk like do you do you spend time like mentally preparing yourself for workouts and talking yourself through workouts when you're doing them or you know are you just like shut down and get like get into the game zone and then think about it afterwards because i know some athletes like you know might be seen on screen like shaking their head or whatever or letting their shoulders drop and stuff but like how how do you combat those difficult moments i always um prepare mentally before i do an event i've done it several times uh, in my head like visualization um, kind of is it wish, yeah i do a lot of visualization um so and i have prepared what i'm gonna tell myself before during after events um and kind of when you're in the middle like between heats there uh, the best thing you can do is just talk yourself up like you're the world champion you're you're the best at this because no one else is going to do that so yeah. you better have to do it yourself and like okay, I'm fast at this. I can, I can do this and just, um, repeat like, what are my main focus during the run? How am I going to get out of the pillar? Like how I'm going to go through those last ones and focus on this, make sure you do that and everything like that. And just keep telling myself, uh, my tasks during the, the event and then talk myself up like a lot. So it's almost I'm becomes really like robotic, like that it's, you've certain markers to hit at certain times, like in any event, I suppose that like you're, if you're, if there's say in the first event with the rope climb, the run and the snatch, you're thinking ahead of maybe the run is probably just you're running. So it's fine. And it's to stick to a certain pace, but then you're thinking ahead to, okay, when I get to the rope, I need to do this. And when I get to the bar, I need to do that. So that you're not standing looking at the rope, wondering what to do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So for on that event, it was like the run was kind of recovery um, because I knew that I needed more time on the ropes. I just couldn't. I couldn't do three in a row without any rest. So I needed to. I timed my rest between the ropes, and I knew like my goal was to go straight from the run and go straight up on the first rope climb, and then I need a certain a certain amount of 
rest before the next one. And then make sure I chalk before I get to the rope for the first one. Um, and then just set goals like during the event for myself. So after the last rope climb, I need to go straight to the barbell and start right away. Uh, and maybe like do two or three breaths between lifts. So I know I have a certain amount of rest and don't just stand there for. Yeah. Is that something, is that something that's come with experience and time or have you always done that? Have you always been that methodical? Um, I've always been, uh, I've always done a lot of preparations. Um, so the only thing I need to worry about, uh, when I get out on the floor is just to perform because yeah. I have a plan. I know what to do. Um, so, uh, but I think like it also comes with experience and just knowing yourself, knowing your body, knowing that I perform a lot better in competition than I do in training. So accounting for that too, and knowing that I can push a little harder when I get to competition. Um, um, to I read an article recently that said, where you said that, um, you maybe didn't trust yourself enough in the past and that like you maybe have been guilty of like holding yourself back a little bit because you were worried that you might like overreach and miss the mark a bit. Why do you think that was the case? And was there a moment or a conversation or something that made you change that mentality? I think I've always been um, a little cautious. Like I need to be in control. And if you go all out in the beginning, you kind of lose the control a little bit and you just have to hope for the best. So I'm like, when it comes to events, I usually pace. I'm a really good pacer. So I can pace well in the beginning and then I usually have uh, more to give in the end of the workout. But sometimes it's too late to like, if there's five rounds and in round three or, or round four, I start to push, I'm too far behind to actually be able to uh, to compete with a top woman. So I know I need to be more aggressive um, from the beginning to be able to stick with the pack, the top pack, and then I can push, probably I can push um, as much in the end, even though I start a little bit uh, harder. But I don't know that if I don't never try it. Um, yeah. So I need to to be more aggressive and then just sometimes I need to hope for the best. And most times it, it goes well. Uh, sometimes I just hit the wall and it's over, but usually I can like pace and find a good pace and know that uh, this is the right pace for me right now. But even like your, like your record, like you say, you perform well in competitions, but like, it's pretty insane. So like, even just in Norway, you've finished first every year since 2015 and you've been either on or standing beside the podium at regional since 2014. Um, you haven't finished outside the game, outside the top 10 of the games since 2016, culminating like last year and coming second. And like, yeah. did you, when you started out in the sport, did you see those performances coming? Like, did you expect that that would come as you were going through it? Or have you like surpassed even your own expectations? If you're someone that maybe was cautious or maybe was worried about overreaching, like are the, did these kind of come as like uh, almost against the grain for you? Yeah, well, when I started CrossFit, I was only going to do it for like 
um, for training. I was not competing. That was not my plan. I felt like I was done competing. Um, but that changed really fast. And I got into the competition part of CrossFit and in 2012. Um, and I made it to regionals in 2013, just a year, just under a year after I started CrossFit. And I finished seventh um, in a really stacked field of great athletes. And that's when I knew like, I'm able to be, I'm able to compete with those women, yeah. those who are on the top. Uh, but when I made it to um, games for the first time in 2014, I I knew that I was it was possible for me to make it to the games, but I had no idea what to do when I made it. I was terrified because yeah. I knew that I didn't feel like I had anything um, to do there. I felt like the other was so much better than me. And yeah. I watched them on TV and I like, they were my idols. And they were like, I saw them and like, wow, they can do so many cool things. And I didn't ever think that I was able to do that. And to just to be on the podium at CrossFit Games, um, that's, that's pretty big. And I, I never imagined being able to do that when I qualified in 2014. And when did that change? After, when, when did that mentality, though, of if, if in 2014 at the Games you felt like a bit of an imposter, like you felt like you maybe weren't, you were good, but maybe not that good. When can you remember a moment where that changed where it was like, yeah, no, I can definitely keep doing this. And is it, was it just when you qualified the second year that you felt more comfortable or did something, was there a workout to change your mentality? Uh, the second year, I, I definitely, I didn't feel great. I've been a lot of like, had a lot of injuries. I was more insecure than the year before because I'm now I felt like I had to prove something because yeah. I've been there before. Um, but I think in 2016, I, I started to be able to train more consistently because I wasn't injured all the time. And from 2017, um, where I had a back injury and I had a wrist surgery and I thought it was kind of the end of my career. Um, but then coming back, back from that and winning the regionals, uh, in 2017, that was, I think that was the first time I was like, wow, I, I'm able to beat those top girls and I'm yeah. able to be up there. And I worked on my weaknesses and saw that, that, um, that paid off yeah. for sure. Because I thought that I would never be as good as Sam Briggs in ring muscle ups. She was so good. And I was so bad. Um, but finally, I was like able to hang with her. And that was super cool. And that gave me, gave me a lot of confidence. And just going into then the 2017 games and knowing that I was able to perform so well to win the regionals, that I think that was probably the thing that changed my mindset a little bit. And I knew that I was able to be just as good as anyone of the other girls you were before you did crossfit you were an endurance athlete was it yeah i've done a little bit of everything um, and gymnastics <laughs> as well i did yeah i did some gymnastics I it's a good soccer. it's a good combination before crossfit to have done gymnastics and endurance yeah and i did some track and field too so 
I had, um, I had a, like, it was a lot of different things. So I had a, a very background and I think my body awareness was really good. Yeah. So I, I was able to catch like new techniques pretty fast, um, except for the ring muscle ups, but, but everything else was, was pretty easy for me yeah. to, to get into. Um, but it's like in, in the beginning, you know, CrossFit career, you PR every day and everything is easy and it's just fun and stuff until you get to that plateau and, and you get injured a little bit and you have to take 10 steps back. Uh, and so it that was just, like 2015, 2016 for you? Yeah, from after games 2014 until 2017, actually, it was a lot of injuries. Um, is it hard? Was there was there moments there where you just felt like quitting, like that you felt like giving giving up? Yeah, several times, <laughs> uh, and especially during the twenty fifteen games, um, during Murph or after Murph, when I I suffered a heat stroke and I was just I pushed myself way too hard, yeah. and the rest of that weekend I just didn't recognize my body and. I didn't enjoy it at all because I couldn't do what I was doing in training. I was not able to lift like the, the weights that I did in warm up in training. And I was just out there and like was, I was miserable. So yeah. during 2015 games, I told myself, I'm never going back to the games again. I'm done. And how, how and, did you overcome that? Like, how did you pick yourself back up? Was it like a team around you or was it just that when time passed, you kind of said like, you know, cop on and just got your head down and started to work again? Yeah, it was it was just a few weeks, I think. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna end it with this, yeah. um, that bad feeling. So I was ready to go again in a couple of weeks, but it, it took me a long time to recover from that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was hard, definitely. But, uh, you obviously didn't have your, your methodical approach when you were doing Murph. <laughs> I no, I don't think any of us had that because it was just. <laughs> I remember watching we... that. I watched that like I I I only found CrossFit a, like a few years ago, but I remember watching that. I don't know, was it on YouTube or on a documentary or something? And I didn't know yeah. really anything about the sport. And I remember my now wife was like, "Oh, watch this! Like it's really cool." And I remember just being like, "Fucking idiots! Like what are they doing? Like they're actually passing yeah. out, like and having water thrown on them to you know stay conscious." Is like just as a sport, it made no sense to me at all. Whereas mm. now it's like I don't know. I still think it was kind of a shit show on like the games part of to on like with that heat and everything to have athletes push themselves that much, but like. It shows what the human body is capable of, and I suppose it shows what resilience is capable of. That you could have, like, that much uh, pain, like physical pain, and then mental torture of yourself, like looking at a weight that you know you should be able to lift, and because your central nervous system is so fucked up, you're just not able to do it anymore. So I think it shows what the human is capable of to come back from that, and like to keep going and keep going. And even like looking back on your games performances, like you've won, as far as I can make it, you've won three events over like the course of your games career, I suppose, like the cyclocross, the crit, and then the sprint this year. Um, yeah, I, like, had, I also won the triple three in 2014. Um, okay. Uh, 
another sprint event in um i think that was in 2016 or 2015 i don't remember and those those events are like so like the cyclocross i suppose when that was announced there was a lot of like what whereas yeah. you just talk to it like a duck to water and then the same with the crit where people were like okay like there was a kind of it, those kind of events where there's a bit of confusion around it and i suppose your endurance background and like that kind of i guess outdoorsy norwegian lifestyle paid dividends there where you kind of just took to it and just knew what to do like how did, how did it feel being at the games and winning events that's um that's really fun like uh, you get a lot of attention for winning events yeah. but just that feeling um of being the best and that usually is because I performed my absolute best and probably exceeded my expectations in that event. And that's like the best feeling that you knew that, oh, I, I won over myself and I won over my inner demons. I didn't think that I was able to pull this off, but yeah. I did. And um, that's like what I'm most proud of. And just knowing that you put out your best effort and it paid off. Yeah. And then is there... Is there a part of you that kind of wishes that more of those wins came in the Coliseum and in like, I guess, more traditional CrossFit workouts, like more kind of, um, you know, say the, the ones on the final day, like those kind of big CrossFit workouts. Is is that the thing that maybe you think is missing that, that's holding you back from standing on top of the podium? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like winning events. I. Yeah. It needs to be that I perform, uh, I exceed my own expectations in, in workouts that are not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. That I'm like, beforehand, I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is good for me, but I need to, I just have to tell myself this is good for me and I have yeah. to pretend it. And when I perform better than I think I will in those workouts, that's, that's when I'm the most happy. It doesn't matter if I win or not. If I know that I put out my absolute best effort in that thing, and especially things that are hard for me with workouts with heavy weights or things that I'm not that good at, those events are the, the events that I'm most proud of if I can perform better than I think. Because the things that I'm good at, I need to perform well. And yeah. I know I'm able to perform well, but coming up on like the, the 1RM clean, and things like that and the swim event that those are one like the two workouts that I'm probably performed worst like uh, if you look at the placement wise but that's two of the events that I'm most proud of um, of my own performance because it's stuff that I've struggled with in the past and I overcame come came back things and was able to to perform way better than I thought I was going to be yeah. Do. Um, how do you feel then about a potential return to the ranch this year? Um, I would love that because I have some unfinished business with the ranch. Um, not super happy with my performances last time I was there. So I think it would be super cool if we can could go there. But I have my doubts if we will be able to travel over there. Um, but we'll see. Um, I don't focus that much on it. I just try to focus on getting better every day uh, and be prepared if if we will be able to to go there and uh, do the games. But um, would you rather? We'll see. Oh, I think 
I kind of get the impression Castro has this thing of like, no matter what, it'll go ahead in some way, shape or form. But like, yep. I also get the impression that a lot of people are kind of like, they'd, they'd rather it go ahead properly or it not go ahead at all. Like, I think the, you know, the sacrifices that would have to be made by people that would have, I suppose, kind of no real say in the matter. Like there might be people from different countries who just can't travel. Like they're just not allowed to go or they're not allowed to enter or whatever. And I think from what I've read, like the Californian governor seems to be taking COVID pretty seriously, like, and he seems to be pretty strict on rules and stuff. So like the fact that say in Ireland, gyms aren't going to be allowed to open until August and they're expecting Mm -hmm. to be able to host the games in August and America seems to be a total shit show as far as coronavirus is concerned. So I think a lot of people are kind of saying like, and I can understand it where they're kind of saying, well, what if I can't get there? What if I qualify and I can't get there? Or what if my you know, friend qualifies and I can go, but they can't go? Or what if you know, we have to have some kind of online cut before we get there? Or what if only 10 athletes are allowed to be there? You know, like, is it still fair to say that that person is the fittest on earth? Or you know, would it detract from placings if certain people can't travel or if certain people can't get there? Do you know, I think... Uh, there's a lot of pros and cons to weigh up. Like, well, where would you come in on it? To be honest, I, I don't spend any energy thinking about that because this is totally out of my control. Um, but I mean, everyone wants to see the games like yeah. go on. Uh, it will be a shame that we have to wait another year uh, for a new CrossFit Games. But I, I don't know, like if, if it's only going to be the Americans being able to travel there they could call it a national championship or something like that but um if some people are able to travel and not everybody i i don't know it's it's totally up to cross the games um and and we'll see like the only thing we athletes can do is to be prepared if it happens Um, so you your training is if it's going to go ahead and then if it does you're ready and if it doesn't just carry on as if it did like you know just keep going yeah, I'm sure we'll know sooner rather than later. Uh, and I still have, I have the Rogue Invitational coming up in six weeks. So I'm training for that um, now. And then we'll see after that. Um, if games doesn't happen, I'll probably take uh, like a little off season and then get ready for the Open. Uh, if it happens, I'll just continue to train and, and be ready in case I might be able to travel over there. And yeah. Compete you're um are you you're a qualified nutritionist as well is that right yeah and do you look after your own food or do you outsource that i do um i do get some help Uh, i think it's nice to just have someone else keep you accountable um if it's just me it's like oh it doesn't really matter that much i kind of like know what i'm eating and i Mm -hmm. feel when i'm eating enough um and i know what's good and bad food so yeah. but I, I i have some balance i'm not super strict on my diet i just make sure that i eat enough protein and carbs and if like maybe once a week i'll add some sweets to, yeah. to that uh, just, to, just to stay sane <laughs> yep yep um since the games then you've uh so you had another second place place finish here at filthy 150 um how did you find ireland and how did you enjoy that event i think it was a really cool event uh it was a little cold 
um, <laughs> and the outside event. That's coming from normal as well. So. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, didn't, I don't mind that. I think it's cool because people are complaining about that, you know? And then I'm like, oh, good, because I think it's, it's good and it's different and it's, um, it's fun to do something outside. I always love outside events. Yeah. So I think it was a really well-run event. It was um, super fun, and I hope hope I can come back uh, this year. Yeah, be great. Again, yeah. Um, what was your favorite event or favorite workout from the event? Oh, that's hard. Um, I think uh, probably the bike run yeah. event. Um, it's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, but it was just a fun battle between Sarah and I yeah. uh, on the bike, and we. Um, we were able to draft off each other and uh, we worked together on that one and that was fun. We didn't plan anything ahead, but it was like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. And do you have like friends on the circuit? Like, is there people that you hang out with at different competitions or at the games or stuff? Or when you're at a competition, are you so kind of focused on what's going on that you don't really have time for, are you kind of in a bubble? Like, uh, I do, I do like, at games, I have my team that I work with and I'm mostly together with, but mostly my coach then. But I also have the Invictus crew uh, and all the Invictus athletes that have gotten really good friends of mine. And we hang out a lot when I'm over there in San Diego and we go to pre-camp together. And so I try to hang out with them as much as possible. Um, and I just love to compete with... Uh, with those athletes and other athletes that I've competed with since I started. And it's, we've gotten to know each other um, well, and it's, it's fun to see everyone uh, every time you come to a competition. Yeah. Even like looking back over your sanctionals or like your major competitions, I suppose, outside of the games, like you've gone, you've every, every major event you've entered, you've finished in the top five, basically in the last like few years. And then, five of your last seven events you finished on a podium are those statistics that like you take pride in or are you is is like does your hunger stop you kind of reveling in it too much is it like the games where you know the week after you kind of forget about it and you're back to square one you move on like is there is does the afterglow wear off pretty quickly because you're on to the next thing yeah i had no idea uh those stats that you told me <laughs> it's pretty impressive uh, I need to focus on myself and my own performance. And if my goal is to be at a certain place and a certain placement, that's taking into account how other athletes perform too. Yeah. And that's out of my control. And it's sad if I performed my absolute best and ended up in fifth place and I'm really sad uh, and because I didn't get on the podium, but I did. I did everything I could and I can't yeah. do any more than that. So that's, I figured that in, I think it was 2017 to just, okay, I'm going to put that goal away. Uh, it's not about placement anymore. It's about me and my own performance and just knowing um, that I've done everything I can and remember what feeling I want to have when I'm on the plane back home, knowing that I gave my 100% and, no matter what placement I'll get, I'll be happy if I put out my best, absolute best performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since Filthy then, you've had surgery on your wrist. 
um, yeah. for carpal tunnel. And I think you had the same surgery on your other wrist before you mentioned there you won regionals after coming back. So yeah. I'm guessing you're not being held back by this one either. Um, no, I'm, I'm getting there now. This one actually took a lot longer than the first one. Um, and I don't know why, but this, my, the first time I did the surgery on my other wrist, it took like six, seven weeks and I was able to do everything again. This time it took three months. So it was wow. twice as long. Um, and what was it? Just, it was just like a throbbing kind of, was it a constant throbbing? No, it was, it was kind of a weird nerve pain-ish feeling. Um, yeah. No one really knew what it was. It could take up to a year before it heals. And I'm like, yeah, I can hear you, but it took six weeks on the other one. Yeah. And I wanted to be six weeks on this one too, but things usually don't go the way you want it to all the time. So yeah. I just had to adjust and uh, be okay with that. It took longer and then Corona came and finally I had some more time to just get ready for the next thing. So in a, in a way that was good for me um, that I was able to be more at home and just have focus on my recovery and relax a little more and not being stressed every morning about in, it needs to heal faster. Yeah. Um, so suddenly it was like no pain anymore because I think I just calmed down a little bit more and I was like, okay, it's going to take the time. Um, but, and I'll let it, I'll let it heal. And then we'll start back up again. Yeah. Um, you're, I assume you can't go to the gym now. So you're training at home, are you? Yeah, I have a, I'm fortunate to have a home gym, so I'm able to do a lot of stuff here. And how are you finding training on your own at home? It's very up and down. Some days are super fun. It's sunny and I can lift outside. Uh, other days, like today, it was really hard. I just sat down there for several minutes and just like, oh, it's hard. I so want to be with my friends. You basically have the same mentality as pretty much everyone that's training at home, where it's like some days you're like, oh, I can't fucking wait to get out there. And like, you know, yeah. Then other days where you're just like, looking at the barbell thinking I literally yeah. want to lie down on the ground and do nothing. Yeah. The, that's how it is. And it goes up and down. And, but, um, I, I also try to like listen to if, if it's my body telling me that you're tired, maybe you need to rest a little bit. Or if it's my head just saying that, Oh, this is boring. <laughs> I really don't want to do this, uh, by myself. Uh, but, um, it, it usually just takes to start. Like once I get started, it's fine. It's refreshing, honestly, though, because I think a lot of people, especially when the sport and you know when they're professional athletes, a lot of people tend to just say like, "Oh no, I love training, and I just I just want to get down there and do whatever." So it's refreshing, honestly, to hear that there's an elite athlete who's like, "Oh, some days I just don't want to do it either." Like you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's reassuring for us peasants to know that this the, the, the higher uh, people than us feel the same as we do on a Monday or a Wednesday or whatever like so I think that's uh, yeah and I, I think also if some people say that yeah I do love training too but I don't love to go down in my home gym every single day for two sessions a day and if someone says that I think they're lying because 
everyone has the rough days and it's it's hard and you don't really want to do this but i just think find go back to your why and remember that good feeling you get when you when you did it and you didn't think you were able to pull it through but you you managed to stay in the game and you managed to finish and that feeling is awesome yeah there's a couple like i know like matt fraser famously like just shut everything down you know on his journey and i think i spoke to cody anderson a couple of weeks ago and he was like, oh, I tried to do that and I nearly quit the sport. Like, he was like, I did it for a year and I was just so miserable. And then uh, I spoke to BKG last week and he was the opposite again. He was saying, oh, no, I love training on my own. And then, you know, I go and I test myself every so often and then I go back and train on my own again. I love it. I just think it's crazy. Like, I train here on my own some days and then other days I do, you know, on Zoom or something with a friend or I might do a class on Zoom or as train with my wife or something. But yeah, same as you, there's yeah. some days where it's like, fuck this. Like, I just want to <laughs> sit on a chair and stare out the window for an hour instead of training. Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, generally, I like to finish off with kind of a quick fire um, either or with a couple of longer questions at the end. Um, so yeah. bar or rings? Race. Uh, bike or run? Run. Uh, regionals or sanctionals? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll say regionals. <laughs> For nostalgia. Um, strength <laughs> or engine? Engine. Chipper or sprint? Chipper. And the best piece of equipment you've bought? Mm. I think that must be um, the biker. You're, I think, the fourth person that I've asked that question <laughs> that said the concept bike. The fourth, I think. I think the fourth person in a row, actually, that said that. Um, yeah. Who would you pick to join you on a team if you were entering the games on a team? Oh, that's a tough one. So one girl and two guys. I'm not really a team person, so <laughs> you were so you were going to do Norway on a team, weren't you? Yes, yes. Was that just um, a, of a, a home nostalgia kind of homecoming? Kind yeah, of that was that was with uh, my gym. Uh, okay. Some people from my gym. So uh, I think that would be really cool, though, to be a gym like mm. an original gym that could be able to qualify for the games. Um, yeah, I think it, that's going to become rarer and rarer now that it's a yeah. one-box team. Yeah. Um. Okay, I kind of think I know the answer to this based on what you're saying earlier on, but would you rather win the games and not compete again or keep going from, for as long as you want but never finish higher than second? Well, I, I've had a lot of years of the games already. Um, if you asked me like two years ago, I would probably say the last thing, but now um i think i'll go i'll win the games and don't high. compete again but <laughs> if i if it's not do crossfit anymore it's definitely not number two because i will always do crossfit but i think i could win the games and then be done competing do you think if you keep going can you see yourself going if you're not a team person would you go into masters on that route then or do you think you'd stop before mm. then I think I'm done before that. Um, like if you can't do elite. Nothing, just... nothing against the master's division. It's just 
I've done this for so many years now yeah. on the highest level and and I think I it's not that many years I have left um competing and um I think I'm I think I'm going to be done before um I get to the masters division we'll see I'm there next year so I'm not done before that but I think I want to try to compete um at the elite level for as long as I can and then Hopefully, I feel like I've done everything I can in that division, and I can be uh, be happy and say that I I've done everything I can. And I'm I'm done with that. Yeah, cool. Well, look, hopefully, you get to go out on a high and stand on top of the podium. And if not, as you say, keep being proud of the achievements that you make along the way. Because, like reading your records, I think your record even surprised you a bit there when I read it back to you. Like it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Look best of luck with uh getting back to normality in norway and whatever happens with the games and worst case we look forward to seeing you in uh dublin again uh next yeah. november yes hopefully hopefully before that um but definitely yeah. let's let's hope for dublin in in november cool right thanks a million chris really appreciate it thank you so much